This is a must listen if you're looking for the perfect franchise opportunity. In today's episode, Tom Cook of Pacific Bells shares with us how he went from frying taco shells to being the founder and CEO of a company with over 200 Taco Bell restaurants. Not only will Tom share a little bit about his journey, he'll also give us some actionable advice so you'll be armed with the right perspective and objectivity before buying into that perfect franchise opportunity. Thanks for joining us today, Tom. Thanks, Dana, for having me. I always like to start the podcast with the first time I met somebody. And a lot of times they remember, a lot of times they don't. But the first time we met, I remember very clearly, we were in California at one of Kevin Burke's events. And we were talking all about Gator football. And it must be so long ago because your child who went to Florida has now already graduated from Florida. Yeah. Time goes by a little too it, quickly. It does sometimes. go by. And uh, of course, uh, you uh, haven't met my son, but he's a strong Gator fan and uh, I'm very proud of him. He's now in New York with a great job and uh, off my payroll. I mean, you can't ask for more than that as a parent, for sure. So, Tom, I am a big fan of you and your team and everything you guys do over at Pacific Bells and Worldwide Wings. Could you just give the people listening a little bit of your background and how you got started in this space? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So I am probably the uh, luckiest man you've ever met. Uh, I lived the American dream, got a part-time job working at Taco Bell, and I've been in that brand now for 45 years, just had my 45th anniversary. Oh, come on. That's amazing. Yeah, it, it really is. You know, you, you hear about people that uh, j- jump from job to job to job, and uh, I've stuck with that, and it's it's turned out really well. But got a part-time job at Taco Bell as uh, a fryer. I fried taco shells for 40 hours a week. And one thing led to the next, and uh, I was in college and realized that uh, while I thought I had wanted to be a doctor, realized that really wasn't going to be for me. Uh, I worked uh, as an intern in a hospital between my junior and senior year in college. And really, uh, it was a it was a horrible experience. I wasn't going to have good bedside manner. And uh, I realized that uh, <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted to do. And of course, I had to go home and tell my mother um, that I wasn't going to become a doctor. And uh, she said, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't really know. Uh, but until I figure it out, I'm going to be a Taco Bell manager because I really like that. One thing led to the next. I spent the next 10 and a half years in a variety of positions, both in the field and at the corporate office for Taco Bell and ended up in the Northwest as a franchise consultant. When you were there, Tom, were you working for Taco Bell as a, fr- like helping as a franchise consultant or on your own? No, I was working for the company. Okay, uh, I was cool. an employee of Taco Bell and met a fellow that was getting ready to open his first restaurant. His name is uh, Dennis January. And uh, Dennis opened that first restaurant. And over the next three years, I got promoted again, but was still living near uh, where Dennis opened his restaurant. And uh, he came to me one day and said, hey, uh, you really love this business and I'm not very good at it. Would you be interested in becoming a partner in in his uh, one uh, restaurant? And of, of course, I jumped at the chance and the opportunity to be an entrepreneur and own something and build it from the ground up just was, you know, obviously very appealing. And now so how many Taco Bells do you and Dennis have, whether it be together or separately? Yeah, so uh, uh, between Dennis and I, and and we have some other partners now, but uh, we have 280 restaurants. Wow. Uh, yeah, so it's grown from one to 280, and uh, we're super proud of how we got got here. Uh, we love the Taco Bell brand, and uh, along the way, we also decided that 
we should probably diversify our portfolio. And uh, uh, about the mid 2000s, we began looking for another brand. And we found a, a wonderful sports bar chain, which all of America knows, Buffalo Wild Wings. And uh, fortunate to once again, uh, meet the right people, combine forces with another fellow that was in uh, the Pacific Northwest, Ray, uh, Ray Hutchinson. And today we operate 65 Buffalo Wild Wings. That's so, just it, unbelievable. Yeah, we're, we're very, again, very fortunate and we've worked hard, but, uh, you know, there's some luck involved as well. I was at a seminar recently and they were saying it was a staffing person was talking about how there's more millionaires that start in restaurants, you know, and work their way through and in the restaurant space than any other industry. Probably a little of it is because it is the second largest industry in the country, but also there is a lot of opportunity. And, you know, hearing your story tells that a lot of people, though, when they think about a restaurant fry cook, they're like, it doesn't necessarily dawn on them that there is so much opportunity because they think of just the fry cook position. When you hire people and staff your restaurants, how do you hire and do you try as much as you can to promote within knowing your history? Yeah, without question. Uh, our best people have come from within the restaurant industry and more specifically within Taco Bell. So if you think about, uh, you know, uh, myself, uh, folks on my team like Eric Simcoe and Rick Nader, uh, who have uh, grown up within the Taco Bell system and, you know, ultimately uh, ran our Taco Bell division for us, but uh, all promoted from within. And, you know, we aim for about 80% internal promotes. And some years it's a little better than that, some years a little less, but it's it's largely promoting within people that understand our business, people that we've built their leadership capability and become successful within the brand. And besides opportunity, are you guys doing anything else different or more special to keep those people and retain them so you could promote them? Or is it just a mixture of you guys being good people, even if you might not have the best doctor bedside matter? <laughs> well, uh, we do. And uh, there's, uh, you know, a dozen or more people in the organization that have small pieces of equity within the within the company. And so as as we've grown, uh, they've become successful and and in in many cases, somewhat wealthy as part of the process. So it's uh, we do believe in our people. We believe from promoting within. We also believe that those key people in the organization ultimately should have some equity because of their hard work. Right. And saying thank you should never be minimized. It should not. No. So that's a little bit about your background. When you think of going forward in the space, you diversified into Buffalo Wild Wings. I know you have some businesses and other non-restaurant brands. When you think about looking forward, what do you think about for your companies? We are clearly a company that is, has a growth mindset. So we have the two core restaurant business. We also have another very large business outside the restaurant industry, which is European Wax Center. And uh, we have uh, we're closing in on 70 of those as well. And uh, we're pretty good at scaling businesses and not very good at doing one of anything. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, putting the infrastructure in, providing great leadership and ultimately scaling those businesses. We are much better at that than running one of anything. But as I look forward, uh, it's more the same. It's acquisitions. Uh, it is uh, ground up build. We'll build, uh, you know, 10 Taco Bells. We'll build 15 European wax centers. We're starting our development engine back up on uh, Buffalo Wild Wings now that COVID is uh, appears to be behind us. 
but we will do 75 to 100 capital projects uh, in the next 12 months between remod large remodels, new unit openings, um, but but we have a growth mindset. We think there's still huge opportunity in all the brands we operate uh, to build, uh, to acquire. And what about for the industry in general, right? Food prices are out of control. Everyone's taking price where they can, but there is obviously going to be a limit on how much price you could take. When you look forward as an owner operator, what are you looking for? What are you thinking about on trying to keep prices as stable as they can and any tips or tricks for our listeners here? Yeah, I, I think that uh, going forward, the restaurant business for the next several years with high interest rates, high food costs, high labor costs, it will be a battle for the hearts, minds, and stomachs of our consumers. Right. And uh, we, we can't minimize that we have to be better than everybody else on the block because there is going to be a share battle. And I think there will be some fallout and, and you're seeing it uh, in some segments, both uh, casual dining and quick service, especially, but uh, some folks faltering. And uh, we have a great capital structure and and believe that uh, we will be winners uh, in that game. In the end, we have great brands. The three core brands we operate uh, are all uh, top of their top of their game. And so we're excited for the future. We do think it's going to be a share battle. I think you'll see more technology being introduced into the industry. Uh, and that's a function of wages. Right. And how do you feel as an individual about putting in technology and removing the bodies? Wouldn't be my first choice, but, you know, regulations have forced us into that position. And the opposite of what I think they were trying to do, these are some unintended consequences of, of the environment we operate in. And rising minimum wage will lead to technology advances. You know, that unfortunately puts people out of work. And I, I think it's unfortunate, but when you increase wages, you know, at 10% a year, year after year after year after year, um, people there are going to find other ways. Yeah, there has to be a cap at some point and it's not sustainable. And unfortunately, you put both workers out of business and you put independent restaur restaurateurs out of business because they can't absorb it like a large chain can. Right. And they even if they wanted to put in the technology that's just might not be accessible to them, being that most of the technology really is for scalable businesses, not as much that single unit with someone who needs to be cooking a fine dining meal in the back of the house. Yeah, I, that's exactly right, Dana. And, you know, we were fortunate that we were able to scale before some of these things occurred. Uh, because if I were a one, two, three store operator, I don't know that I would have the aggressive growth mindset that I have today. No, it would be very scary. And that's kind of what I was going to ask next. What's your advice to someone who's a little younger, who's walking around, whether it be a multi-unit restaurant show or a franchise show and is saying like, this is what I want to do. I want to get into franchising. I think this is the greatest opportunity. What are some of the things you would tell someone to watch out for or to make sure that they're asking going in? I, I think first and foremost, you have to do the diligence. Everybody has the newest shiny penny and it sounds good and they pitch it really well, but you really do have to have a disciplined process uh, as you go into some of these businesses and, you know, ensuring that uh, the leadership team, uh, the executive team for the brand that you're going to enter is high quality. Uh, they've, they've uh, you know, got great uh, innovation going forward. 
that they have a sustainable business model with margins that uh, you'll still be in business if there's a blip, uh, whether it be wages or food costs or any other number of items, but it's sustainable. I think all too often people are lured into a franchise uh, because of great salespeople, as opposed to really doing the diligence and understanding the business model, understanding uh, whether it's a long-term uh, business with a, a, a fit in our economy. Right. No, I see it all the time. I get pitch decks from people and they're like, I'm going to franchise this business. It's the greatest thing and everyone's going to want to get involved. And I'm like, no, stop a second. You know, like what, what void are you filling? And if you're not, let's kind of take a step back before you start spending all this money and growing this thing or I guess attempting to grow. Um, I think we're coming to the end of the time that I want. That I wanted to spend talking, but anything else, Tom, that you want, anything else, Tom, that you want to talk about or anything else that you want to share with our listeners as we approach our, I guess, early summer season, travel season, and, you know, a whole unsureness in the, our economy right now? Yeah, I think, um, you know, just uh, w- one piece of philosophy that I will pass on and I've, I've borrowed this from books and you know my own leadership uh, lessons over time. But I think for us, there are five things that we believe in. And if we do these five things right uh, consistently, we will have a thriving business. And that is first, hire great people. Second, set clear expectations. Third, hold ourselves and our team accountable. Fourth, train ourselves, train our team and train the consumer. And last but not least, inspire and motivate uh, ourselves and our team to be their very best. I mean, I couldn't have planned a better way to end this. And I'm definitely going to be writing these down because they seem so basic and so obvious. And sometimes you just forget. Thank you, Tom. And thank you so much for spending the time talking to me today about you and the company. And say hi to everyone over on the Pacific Northwest. And I can't wait to see you all soon. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Dana Delivers. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I want to encourage you to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And share it with your friends, colleagues, and anyone else who could benefit from it. We have great conversations with top leaders in the restaurant, franchise, and hospitality space, where they offer their knowledge and expertise and give us valuable insight into these industries. If you have any questions or observations you'd like to share with me, please reach out at Dana. Dodzukowski at Aprio.com or visit our website at Aprio.com to learn more about all the different ways Aprio can help your business. Thanks for tuning in and I look forward to delivering more valuable content soon.